<laughs> Will you open to the word of God? Yes. yes. Amen. Amen. I believe that uh, um, I believe God has something for us today. I am going to over the next several weeks. Uh, Pastor Harbaum, as I said earlier, Pastor Harbaum ministering on the place called In the Spirit. I'm going to uh, start breaking that down on a basis so that we can understand it. Uh, because a lot of people believe, I mean, he dealt with some things that praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, uh, you, you can still be disconnected. This is one of the things that I've said many times because there's a lot of Spirit-filled people that they have no idea how to operate in the power of God. They've got all the power... Uh, I mean, all the power of God in them, but they can't beat life circumstances. We, we've got to understand, and I, I think this is where, I think one thing that I have going for me, I don't have too much going for me, uh, but I, I think I got one thing going for me. I'm honest with myself. Amen. Uh, I, I look at things and say, okay, this isn't working. And then I ask myself, why isn't it working? I don't think getting through a month and, you know, not having a bill collector call you or getting through the month and not being sick or getting through a month is, is a life of success. Uh, or at least success as it is defined in the word of God. Um, there's a lot of people with a lot of anxiety. Christians. They don't know what's going to happen. We should know what's going to happen. There should be a peace and a calmness. And there's one thing that uh, uh, I was like really tired the other night. I don't know why. And I went to bed like real. I, I, I pulled a Peter. <laughs> I went to bed like really early. And uh, but I've said it many times. I don't lay awake at night That's right. worrying about things. Uh, so uh, uh, my my method of making the bed ready for sleep is a lot different than Tammy's. I just kind of throw some blankets, you know, to cover things over, whatever they're called, climb in. She, like, folds everything up and, you know, makes it, like, all nice and neat, like you're in a hotel. In fact, sometimes I come in and I said, you forgot to put the chocolates on here. Um, you know, because it looks like I'm supposed to be in a hotel or something like that. And uh, so I fell asleep the other night. She came in later and uh, fixed the bed. I didn't even wake up. I slept through the whole thing. <clears throat> I, I don't lay, because I don't worry. In, uh, but see, we should all be in a state where, where we're not anxious. We're not, we're not worrying. We're, we're just walking with God, and we know that everything is going to work out. And so um, uh, I, want to, uh, I want to start dealing with, and I'm going to try to go slow. I've been working on myself, I hope you've noticed, to not speak so fast um, uh, so that I, I can expound upon things and uh, uh, you know, people can understand me. See how nice I am? And... Um, uh, you know, I, I, I figured it out. I came to this great revelation. There's another Sunday next week. Amen. I don't have to say everything today. That works out really good. Amen. All right. So uh, we're going to start off here in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We're getting a few more. I think we got three people excited about the word now. And so uh, one day we'll have everybody excited. Amen. Uh, but, uh, but this place of in the Spirit. Now, I'm not really going to talk. I, I'm, I'm building a foundation on this place called in the Spirit. Uh, I might bring it out and use the term, but we're actually going to go into to scriptures that define it. And so in uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Now, we're in the time of perilous times. There, there's gross darkness covering the earth. I mean, there, there's things that you'll slap your own head and think, what are people thinking? I mean, the, the stuff that's going on, we're living in it right now. Now, it's easy to, in, in Visalia, California, 
you know, a town of what, 140,000 people or something, uh, in the middle of cornfields, orange fields, and, and every other kind of field that you can think of, that nothing's going to happen here. But there are things going on right now that are laying, laying up and being strategized that actually have gone by, has come from many decades ago while nobody was paying attention to it. Now, we need to, I, I'm one that I said, quit listening to the news, quit listening to all these things, get your, get your heart on the Word of God where, uh, where, you can, where you know and you can pay attention. But there's a, uh, uh, there's a documentary, it's like a five-part series of a documentary. Uh, go ahead and put that website address up. <coughs> and uh, uh, this is a website address. I, I had encourage you to write it down. Uh, there, it's a five-part series. They're about uh, an hour each, something like that. But it's showing and breaking down uh, what has been in works uh, for many, many years now and how it's corresponding to the days of history or to the days of Hitler. Now, there's an old saying that says that history does not repeat itself, but it rhymes. You can see the rhyming of this in history, but there, there's something... If you will watch this with a biblical mindset. Now, you might say, oh, this is a bunch of conspiracy theory or stuff, but they actually have clips of pe what people are actually saying. There's actually a guy now that's in these higher levels of things that are going on. He's called the prophet. Now, now he's not religious. He's, he's governmental, but he's called the prophet. How many knows what there is in the Old Testament on the things of the beast and stuff like that? There's a prophet. So now, is he him? I, well, that I don't know. But it, in the, the least case scenario, the mindset is getting set to accept somebody called the prophet. And we're not talking a prophet of God. Now, there's other things that are going on in there that if you will pay attention, and like I said, watch it from the mindset of the Bible. Now, how much you know of revelations, it depends on you. But there are things called the mark of the beast. You, you can see how it's getting set up if you watch this and pay attention to it from a biblical perspective. The things that have been trying to go, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You look back at the, what Hitler did, which actually if you study out the beast, most people look at it as an individual, but it's actually a system that has tried to rise several times. You can go back into the, the statue of Daniel that was in the rock that came and uh, destroyed it, which is Jesus Christ, and the different things that, that went on. But you will see how these end times are starting to line up. Now, I will warn you on about half of the first one, <clears throat> it's just the rhetoric that you've seen on COVID stuff and stuff like that. It's about halfway you get through the first one where it starts really correlating. The people that are... are are doing a lot of the talking were actually in either uh, the camps of Hitler or they're the children of people that were in it. And so they're talking firsthand what happened uh, back in Nazi Germany and so on and so forth. It's very interesting. I'm about halfway through the fourth one and then I believe there's only one more, five. But as I watch this, I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention to a biblical perspective on it. The biblical perspective we just read. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall, shall come. So now, what we have to do, what I'm talking about here is how will you... There's two elements of this on perilous times. How you will battle for you and your family. There's things that are going to happen. This actually goes into... And my heart within our Wednesdays, uh, I think we've done two or three on how to handle money. I'm really not doing this from a budgetary Dave Ramsey standpoint. I'm trying to get people to, 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 to know how to do it because there's times coming that are going to be hard and you better start preparing. 
Most people are not even prepared for retirement, much less if something really bad goes on. <clears throat> and so we, we have to understand how it works. So number one on the perilous times and this word of God and what I'm going to be speaking on about this place called in the spirit. How are you going to protect you and your family? You better know. Let me try it again. You better know. You don't want to walk into these perilous times blind. But then there's another component of it. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. How are you going to manifest God in a blinded world? Now, these two things are the same. If you will know how to deal with you, if you will know how to function in you, you will be, biblically speaking, you will be a light to those who don't know. Because they're going to see you handling things differently. And you've, there's some things that we're going to talk about that you're going to have to figure out. Now jump down, if you would, to verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Now, having a form of godliness. How do we have a form of godliness? Well, we allow or accept sickness and disease into our lives. That's a form of God. I, I know by his stripes I'm healed, but we don't fight or stand on the fact that we've been redeemed from sickness and disease. We are allow or accept poverty, debt, and lack in our life <clears throat> instead of, of standing against it and being a good steward over what God has put into us, allowing him to increase us. See, we can be a Christian with a form of godliness, going to church, reading our Bible, praying over our food, doing all these different things without actually walking in the victory that God gave us. See, we, we want to walk in the power, if you haven't figured out what I'm saying. See, if you're walking in the power, then when sickness and disease tries to get on you, you have power over it. You don't want a form of godliness. Well, I know God can. You want power. When anxiety tries to come, fear tries to come, it, it will try to come. You don't want to. Many people say, well, I'm asking God to deliver me from this. He's already delivered you. Remember there was a verse in the Bible that says, it is finished. He doesn't have to do it again. We have to walk in it. So, so now I have to defy the laws of nature by the laws of the supernatural in order for the power to manifest in my life. I'm not comfortable with where I am. You shouldn't be comfortable with where you are. If there's anything in my life that is working that is not conducive to what the word of God has said, I should get serious about it because we're living in perilous times and we're getting hit from many different angles. Health in our bodies, money, uh, stress. The Bible even says in the last time, men's heart will fail them. Now, that, I, I believe that's a, a twofold verse. One, you know, you can have heart attacks because of stress. There'll probably, be a, there'll probably be an uptick in heart attacks just because the weight people will carry. Well, don't carry the weight. Cast your care over on him. And the other is losing heart is losing your, 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 mo, your mojo. You know, your, 
I'm going to go, I'm going to do this, that, that you get more of a, a give up mentality. I think both are going to play into it. And if we don't understand and we don't position ourselves for a position of power, how are we going to, as the perilous times come, how are we going to stand against it? Now, if we don't resist as we, because we're waiting on God to do something, we have a form of godliness. Because it is finished. He's done everything. He's provided everything. We have to learn how to walk in the Spirit. In this place called the Spirit where everything operates in. Say, no, well, is that, a, is that easy? No. Actually, uh, I'm sad to say it's very hard. And I'm going to kind of go through some dynamics so that we can see it. But it's actually very hard because you have to, I'm sorry for cussing, discipline yourself. And that's hard because we live in a very emotionally driven world where we do what we want to do. No, I don't want to do that. Okay, I'll do that. And, and when you're emotionally driven and we are living according to our lusts, wants, and desires, what we want to do, it's very difficult to bring ourselves in. I will live according to this word. But this word has power. This word, you can't separate it on my live streams. I've talked about it from John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, verse 14. You can't separate God from his word. Can I walk in this word? And uh, uh, we have to understand, I know on, on these last services, there's several that was filled with the spirit by evidence of speaking in tongues. What are you going to do with it now? It's like, like any language that you learn, start developing the language. Continue praying in it. But you're also going to have to learn how that this power source now, how it works and how you can make it work. And so we have to understand where, 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 we are, where we're at and where we can be. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. All right. Are we ready to kind of get into the Word of God? That was my introduction, but I'm, I'm cognizant of the clock. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? Our bodies are the temple. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Your body is the temple of of the Holy Ghost. Now, one element of that is that we have to understand is your body is mobile. God wants his presence to go places. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. But your body also is the only part of you that will pass away. It's not eternal. Your spirit and your soul are eternal. Your body's going to turn to dust. So the spirit of God is residing in and acknowledges that your body, the weakest part of you, is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, this, this word in, is in you, is a uh, Greek word that actually denotes location. The Holy Ghost is located inside of this body, which is going to turn to dust. 
Now, now that's an interesting element because as we, as we look at this, I'll give an example here. I'm not an electrician, so I'm probably not going to do it justice. But, but there's a plug in every wall of everybody's house. And there's electricity in that plug. There's power to do something in that plug. And then in the other hand, we have a cord. Now, whatever this cord's attached to can perform some function in our life, whether it be a, a fan, uh, the microwave, the refrigerator, uh, you know, just whatever you might plug into the wall. This thing has the power to do something in our life. But notice that even though there's power to perform and there's a, a, a device, an appliance that can perform, nothing happens until they get plugged in. They got to get connected. Amen. Your, your natural physical body can function. It can do things. It's, it's the cord in your hand. The Spirit of God inside of you is the power, but if it doesn't get plugged in together, there's great things that you can do from a physical standpoint, but without the power, you can't do it. And then there's a power that is within us. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It is in you. It can't do anything if they don't get connected. Now, you're, you're truly, if you fall over dead, you're going to go to heaven. You've received Jesus as your Lord. You got filled with the Spirit uh, of God. But, but what can you do today without the plug-in? Now, in an electrical appliance, there's, there's, a, um, there's a, a component. I mean, you only have two components. You got the outlet, you got the plug. All you got to do is plug them in together and it, it will function. But, but in the realm of the Spirit, there's three components. You and I got the Spirit of God inside of us. It's in this fleshly body that's mobile and can do things. But it's limited by the soul. The soul of man. So I go to Romans 12 too. And it says, conform not to this world. Amen. So don't do things the way the world tells you to do them. But be ye transformed. Go through a metamorphosis. Through the renewing of your mind. That you may prove the perfect will of God. So, so where, we, where we get disconnected and discombobulated is that we have this power source on the inside. That, that's, why, that's why Christians are depressed. Because all they're doing is thinking about something negative. Amen. That's why Christians are anxious. Because <clears throat> all they're doing is looking at a, a circumstance and they're coming out to the worst case scenario. You ever meet that person that every time something comes up, they're going to answer you with the worst case scenario? They're going to go to the worst case scenario thinking? They're negatively biased because they're always thinking on the worst case scenario. It's, it's the thought process, the, the mind, the will, and the emotions that, that functions, that creates the, what, maybe like an adapter that the Spirit of God in us, in this fleshly body, that's how it comes into being. Is we have to get that third component in there where I can now allow, through my mental capacities, allow what God said to work. See, because I got all these things coming against me, telling this is going to happen, that's going to happen, that's going to happen. I've got the power inside of me to, uh, to take care of everything, and it's mobile. I can take it wherever I need to take it. God is with me. The power is with me, and, and everything like that. But, but if I can't fix this, 
this is bound. That's why the, the scripture I quoted earlier that the power of God was present to heal, but he, being Jesus, could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. They could not wrap their mind. If you go out and study the whole chapter, it says, uh, wow, they were astonished at his word. But they said, don't we know his brothers and his sisters and his mom and his dad? Didn't he make that table over there? Didn't he was a carpenter. He's built things around us. They couldn't wrap this thing around what this thing was doing. And that's where the struggle really is. Because whatever you're facing, and I guarantee you, everybody here is facing something. The, the clog in the power of God, the place of in the spirit, whether we are in, the, for the born again, spirit filled believer, the place of in the spirit is determined by how you think. Amen. You're, you're controlling what God can do. Now, you've got to come to realize, what can God do? We say things like, well, all things are possible if you only believe, but we just don't believe it. Got quiet on that one. How do I know you don't believe it? Because we just say it, we don't live in it. Now, there's no place in the Bible that says life's going to be easy. In fact, he's, we are told that there's a devil in this world, and he only shows up in our lives for three reasons, to kill, steal, and destroy, and he roams around like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. So we, we know we have an adversary, the devil. We know his intent. But Jesus said, you know, don't be afraid because I've overcome the world. So now where am I positioned in this? Well, well, I can come to church and I can get born again. That is a work of the Spirit. I'm not filled with the Spirit, but when that work of the Spirit takes place, uh, 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 there's a deposit that is made within me. Now I've got to get where I can function out of that deposit because there's many people that they're filled with the Spirit, but they still can't uh, function out of the deposit because this is on all the problems. That's why you've got Spirit-filled people praying in tongues every day, taking antidepressants. Because they don't know how to get what's inside of them to work. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, you're, you and I are made up of spirit, soul, and body. This, this could go back to my verse of great is the mystery of godliness. So in spirit, soul, and body, the real you is spirit. Amen. You possess a soul. Do you remind, a soul. Your mind, your will. Do you hear how I put a D on soul? I don't know why I do that. Even when I'm typing soul, I put a D at the end. And I got to go back and say, I, I just said it with a D, and I'm like, why am I so stuck on putting a D at the end of soul? Okay, your soul is your, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your creativity functions within your soul. Most people's creativity has been dwarfed because of what their minds are set on. So your spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body. Now, here's what we get into, because you have, within churches, you have you know, doctrinal positions. And, and basically, uh, there's, there's three, but one of them is not very well known. Uh, but you have what's called the Trinitarians, who believe that there's three. Uh, you have the oneness, who believe that there's one. And then there's actually one, I don't know what you call them, they're like two-ness. They put uh, the Spirit and the Father together as one, and then the uh, Son is different. Okay, but the Bible says that there are three that bear record in heaven. Remember that verse? And these three are... Okay, so now here's where we get messed up because guess what you are? You are made in the image of God. 
There's three parts of you, spirit, soul, and body. But they are one. Here's where the problem comes in. Your oneness is not oneness. You're schizophrenic. (laughs) Not in a mental capacity, but in a functionality capacity. Your mind is saying one thing, your spirit's going another way, and your flesh is acting up on another realm. What was Jesus? He was one with the Father. He never, even though he became flesh, he never allowed the spiritual component to break. He stayed in that place called the Spirit. Okay, because we're, we're schizophrenic in that we've never brought ourselves into agreement where we control our flesh, crucified is what the Bible talks about, renew our mind, and develop our spirit, we struggle getting in this place and understanding the power of it because we're all confused ourselves. And you got, you got churches trying to you know, debate the doctrine of the Godhead, but they don't understand this is really applying. If you, one, you're not going to understand the fullness of the Godhead just because there's always another part of God. You can't, you can't explore the vastness of who God is. But the one thing we can learn out of it and know, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, Word, the Holy Spirit, and these three are one, that I was made in the image of God, spirit, soul, and body, and these three are no longer one. Because when Adam sinned and brought death into the earth, he was one prior to sin. He thought like God, he acted like God, and he behaved like God. When he sinned, he, he messed up that... Uh, that triune being that was one, and now he got discombobulated, called sin. Now he lost everything. Now we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Y'all follow me? I feel feel like I'm digging a little bit deep here. In my body dwells the Holy Ghost. My biggest problem, it's easy to get born again. It's it's very simple. Get your spirit born again. It's not so easy to crucify your flesh. That's actually a tough one. But the hardest one is to renew your mind. Most people think culturally and traditionally than biblically. Well, this is what I know. Well, maybe it's time to get new information. All right. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to have to find a jumping off spot. I'm going to read this very quick. Okay, now let me, let me, um, let me bring you back to what I said. We're living in, in perilous times. Things are going on. As we walk up and approach the appearing of Christ, these things are going to get worse. Uh, I think actually there's going to be a turn. Uh, and at the appearing of Christ, I don't, from what I read in the Bible, this is David, okay? Uh, so don't take this and run with it. You can have your opinion. I believe that it's going to turn and it actually will be a good time when Jesus appears in the air. Because it's, it's typically in bad times that everybody is looking to Jesus. They run back to the church because they don't know how to make things work. I think there's going to be a turn and it's going to go back into a good time before Jesus appears. Um, because uh, even in Matthew, Matthew chapter 24 where it talks about Jesus talking about and expanding upon the end times. He says, as it was in the days of Noah. In the days of Noah, when everything broke out, it was going good. They were drinking, marrying, and giving to marriage, and having all kinds of, of fun and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, de- sudden destruction came. 
the Bible talks about that there will come a time where Israel does not have to have walls. That has never happened yet. So it appears that there will be a peace concordance or something within the Middle East area, but it says beware because then comes sudden destruction. Yeah. And so there's, there's many things that we have to look at. That's just David's opinion, and I don't, I don't preach it. I'm just sharing with you what I think. You can have your opinion on what's going to happen before he comes. But one thing I hope we can agree on is Jesus is going to appear in the air, and you better be ready for it. Okay, so, so what am I talking about here? I'm talking about how do you protect your family? How do you protect your life? And how do you manifest God in this dark world? So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, But we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Now that's the same thing we read before that the Holy Ghost dwells in that my body is the temple of the living God. We have this treasure. Now the, the okay, I'm, going to, I'm not going to expound upon this right now, but we have this treasure in the earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So we have to understand the dynamic that Paul's talking about here is we have in this earthen vessel, this vessel that does not have the ability to manifest uh, anything God. The flesh profits nothing. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are life. The flesh profits nothing. That, that in this earthen vessel, I have a treasure. I'm going to expound upon this more next week, but that treasure has everything I need in this life for what God has called me to do. It's a resource within me. You're lacking nothing right now. Now, you may think you're lacking a lot of stuff, but really what it is is you haven't learned how to tap into the treasure that's inside of you. Okay? So now why? Why, why does Paul say this? That uh, we have this treasure in the earth and vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Well, go to verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid from them that are lost. Now, he's coming up in verse 3 to verse 7 where he says you have this treasure in the earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of you. Okay, if your gospel be hid, what's gospel? Good news. If you don't know how to walk in this power, if you don't know or understand how to get this power outside of you, the good news that you, that you are, are saying that you, you know you're blinding the eyes of those that don't know. So I know, I know that I can live in divine health. If you're sick all the days of your life and you say, well, God's trying to teach me something, rock on. But you're not going to mess me up because I know. But you're going to mess somebody else up that doesn't know. It, you cannot hide, and nor does God want you to hide, the good news that you have. What is the good news? Well, you don't have to be sick no more. You don't have to be poor no more. You don't have to be stressed out no more. You don't have to live uh, you know, a life of depravity anymore. Everything that God has, you become a joint heir with him. But you have to know how to get, you know, have to know how to plug it in. So, so we have this, this spirit of God inside of us, and we've got this plug held in this body, but we've got to get everything synced to where we're walking in this. So those, uh, let me read verse four also. So verse three was, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them, which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So this light and this gospel is the image of God. God being seen in us. So remember two folds. God wants us to reveal him in the earth. 
the manner and the method he uses to reveal him in the earth to blind people personally benefits you. You have power over all things. What is Acts chapter 1, 1, 8 talking about when the Holy Ghost shall come? That you shall receive power by the Holy Spirit and you will become witnesses of me or people, remember up in verse like 3, it says that Jesus revealed himself after his resurrection by many infallible proofs. He did things that natural people can't do. Then in verse 8, he says, you shall receive power. He wants us to reveal him through us by doing what natural people can't do. Am I, am I going too deep? Now, the other part, for you, verse 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. See, that's good for you. you. You got trouble around you, but you're not moved by it. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Man, I don't know how this thing's going to work out, but I know God's faithful in all things. This is for you. As things happen, you are empowered to deal with them. You're persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in your body. Where is it supposed to be made manifest? In, my body. in your body. Where is it supposed to be made manifest? In, my body. in your body. Does your body. Can your body get sick? Yeah. Wait a minute. He wants life to manifest where? In your body. That part of you that's going to Turn to ashes one day or dust one day. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. And that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal body. What is the mortal body? Flesh. The, the part that's going to die, mortal. Okay, he wants, he wants that Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal body. Okay, because we have the Spirit of God inside of us. Now, what's that, what's that Spirit supposed to do in our mortal body? One last verse, Romans chapter 8. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Now, do you have that Spirit in you? Yes. That's how we get born again, right? That's how we get filled with the Spirit, right? If the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also... I, I'm reading out of King James that says quicken. That word means to give life. <laughs> raised from the dead, He shall also give life to your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. What should... Now this is for you. What should... That spirit in you do to your mortal body. Should bring life to it. Now is life sickness and disease? So in this, if we, if we can get to understand the spirit of God inside of us, that spirit should, lack of a better phrase, ooze through your organs, your blood, your flesh, and, and keep them in line with divine health. Now, so that you can feel better? No, remember Romans chapter 4? If your gospel be hid, it's hid from those that can't see. If everybody else is getting sick and you're not, why aren't you getting sick? Let me tell you about Jesus. 
See, see we've got to become a, a living display of who he is. You cannot get in this place called in the spirit if we can't get ourselves in the, the alignment, spirit, soul, and body, of who he is. And, and, and the big battle is in the brain. It is a battle. To see what he says and say, oh, well, I don't think I can do that. Yeah, you can because he said it. And so I'm starting off here as I talk about this. There's two components of it. Isaiah 60, verse 1, uh, rise and shine. The only way you're going to rise and shine is to arise in the spirit. What's going to happen? It's going to affect you personally. You, you live as a demonstration to what God can do. I'm going to fight poverty, debt, and lack. I'm going to fight sickness and disease. I'm going to fight and resist anxiety and depression. I'm going to stand against these things, and I'm not going to allow them to come in because I'm going to arise and shine. For my light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon me. Oh, darkness is going to cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. I might be perplexed on every side, but I'm not confused. I'm not in despair about it because I know that God is in control. Ooh, ooh, what was that feeling? Ooh, I don't know, but the Spirit of God in me knows, and it, it will give life to my mortal body. I have got to live in victory. That's for you. So that others can see. God's system is so cool. He's designed it where you and I can live on top of the world just so other people can see it. He wants you out of whatever you're in more than you want out. Because he wants you free and he wants people to see what, what, what he's done for you. Don't get bogged down. But I tell you what, you're going to listen. You're going to have to fight this mind. Because this mind is going to fight you on every single level. I can't do that. If you've got the mentality of that's Old Testament, you're already messed up. Because the Old Testament testifies to Jesus. That's scripture. I just quoted a scripture for you. We've got to come to the understanding of who he is. Now, as we prayed earlier, you've got to start today. Start getting yourself where you're not going to yield to fear. Now, you, if you've been with me any length of time, I've talked about fear for years and years and years and years. But if you haven't done anything, you better start doing it. Because fear's going to come knocking on your door. Fear's going to come knocking on your door. You better put yourself in a position where you continue to resist it. Speak to it. Fear. You have no power here. You get your little tail and run. You're not welcome here. I'm not going to entertain a thought of you. I'm not going to entertain anything about you. My God said he would never leave me nor forsake me. And so I'm going to live in that promise that he will never leave me nor forsake me. And I, I have nothing to fear. If he won't leave me or forsake me, I have nothing to fear. You turn your tail and run. This is why you've heard me say, if I ever see fear trying to knock, its, knock on my door, well, I will step into the fear and I'll push myself into it, I, I've talked about jumping on high building things and different things. Right? Oh, I'm afraid of that. Well, I better go do it and get rid of the fear. I'm not going to yield to fear on any level. A long time ago, I figured out, you know, a dog only has one instrument of weapon. And that's its mouth. You know, the one thing that you cannot do with the dog is outrun it. I don't care if it's a chihuahua. 
Two legs does not beat four legs, but what does is, what is most people do when a dog comes after them? They run, which provokes an instinct within the dog to chase. Now, your weapon is going like this instead of... I saw a video where this... It was about a 150-pound dog. It was a good-sized dog. Came after this guy. And the guy just buckled down, and as it came in, he went down on its head, gained control of its head, and controlled the dog. All right? So, so you, you should know, and this is what I dealt with, is that, I got, you know what? i got to get this fear of my life. I've told the stories about the two chihuahuas and everything like that. I won't go through it again. But, uh, uh, but I finally started working on myself. The dog doesn't have power over me. And you know what happened? I was over in Porterville. This is when I was in finance. I was actually collecting some debts. And I had to go to the bathroom, pull over at this uh, gas station. And the bathroom was like around the backside, you know, the old gas, you know, little square thing with a couple pumps out there. And when I walked around, there was a chow just sitting there looking at me. They're not known for being overly nice to strangers. And I, I'm not going to be afraid of you. It's the weirdest dog. He, ne- all, he didn't do anything. He don't even think he blinked. He just sat there and looked at me. And I walked by him. But uh, I, I gained victory. And uh, I'm sure he was real. It looked like he was breathing. But, uh, <laughs> but see, when you get face to face with something, you're going to have to make a decision. Now this time's a, now's the time of decision. Can I stand on the word of God? Or am I going to cave? You better start preparing yourself for the times that we're, that we're walking in. Amen? Amen? Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for your word. Lord, our eyes, have to be under, our eyes have to be opened. Lord, there's something here that, that is so powerful that you want us to walk in. But Lord, we've got to bring ourselves in a place in this, what I call schizophrenia of ourself, where the, the three elements of our being are going different directions. God, we, we've got to bring them in line to your word. If we're going to be led by the Spirit, the spirit has got to dominate and our, and our minds have got, got to become s- submitted to so that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes. And it's speaking out of the realm of the spirit and not out of the realm of emotions. Yes. God, I, I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would understand this. I pray, Lord Jesus, God, that, that we would get a glimpse of the power of your name, the love that is in your name, the healing that is in your name. Lord, that we can walk in the fullness of who you are. Lord, help us this day, God, to, to get hungry for what you're trying to do. Lord, so that we can see and live a life of victory and reveal you in this yes, dark age. Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.